Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to welcome our guest today. John Lorito is a keynote speaker, a business consultant, and president of the Lorito Group, a leadership expert and executive coach. And if that were not all enough, he is also the host of Tomorrow's Leader, a leadership podcast. I hope we can hear a little bit about that as well. Hello, John. Hey, Ed. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So I, I did a very light intro of you because I love our guests to be the one to tell us more about themselves. So can you tell us a little bit more about your story, but also more importantly, what you currently do in the marketplace? Sure. Yeah. So I've spent the last 20 years leading financial services organizations. So I I kind of cut my teeth on leadership uh, back in 2000, uh, where I was given an opportunity to, to run an office that was really not doing well. Uh, out of 110 offices in the country, it was ranked number 100. So I think they thought they couldn't screw it up any more than it already was. So <laughs> burrito a chance. And that was really my first big break. I, I got a great opportunity to learn leadership, made some mistakes, obviously some great decisions, and ended up turning it into the number one office in the country. So that really got things moving um, I went to three other spots in the country from there to do very similar things with larger offices and ultimately regions. And uh, along that route, I should say it's been 25 years in leadership, along those paths uh, from D.C. to Boston to Connecticut to Jersey, all over the place, uh, Maryland, Virginia, I, uh, I just built this, this passion, this knowledge, this uh, feeling of wanting to immerse myself in leadership, but in a bigger, broader way, not just for one company, but to really develop other leaders and teach other leaders how to do what I learned how to do and, and continuing to learn how to do. You never stop learning. So today, uh, as of the beginning of this year, I launched my own business doing consulting Um, and really leadership development. So I help teams and companies ultimately lead more effectively because the number one 
uh, contributor or inhibitor for a company reaching their full potential is leadership talent. And uh, when they have things aligned and they've got great talent, amazing things happen. So I teach leaders how to get the most out of themselves and ultimately influence people to do things they otherwise would not have been able to do without them. I do uh, speaking engagements, as you mentioned, a lot of those, as well as I do executive coaching for uh, CEOs and business leaders. And I have a lot of fun doing what I do. Well, I would imagine most of your speaking engagements these days are virtual versus uh, in person. Yes, they're all virtual now. Hopefully, I've got some that are in 2021 with fingers crossed that are in person, but uh, we'll see what uh, the future holds for that. But I have learned to become very good at doing the virtual keynote presentation. There you go. Well, that's fantastic. Good for you. So I'm just curious if you go back for a moment and, you know, I get people who call me from time to time looking for a leadership or executive coach, you know, you and I do similar things in respect to working with leaders to help them be more successful. And sometimes they want to know or work on being a better leader, right? And you used the phrase earlier that you learned leadership. And, you know, I'm just wondering, as you think back on that, were there any key concepts or models or structures that you learned or focused on that helped you at least start becoming a more effective or better leader? Well, I think one of the things that ultimately, and it took me probably two or three years to figure this part out of how important authenticity is. I think when people get into a leadership role, especially if they're promoted into a role and they're now leading people that they were side by side, they're trying to be somebody that they're ultimately not. Um, they're trying to think and act and do the things that other people, that other leaders have done. And leadership is about leading from the heart. It's about being yourself but really having a powerful, compelling vision where ultimately you're drawing people into that and you're helping them come together as a team to get to that vision. So I, I think you, I think a lot of me, leaders miss the mark because they try too hard um, to put up this facade or, or uh, have a personality. I know I did, did when I started, I was very tough as a leader. I didn't have, I didn't let my true personality come out at all. I didn't want to laugh or smile. It was, and it was only because the leader before me was that way. That's how I was led. And I've been like, okay, well, I guess that worked for him. That's got to work for me. And it didn't, it backfired. Um, wasn't until a couple of years in that I realized, okay, I'm not having fun and I'm not getting the results that I really think I can. And when I truly was myself is when things really turned around. I think that's the starting point for leaders. Understand, don't try to be somebody that you're not. Well, I will tell you that the word authenticity is one of the podcast's million-dollar words, right? So as I've interviewed other guests and when I ask you the question about words that you think about when you think about bravery, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people uh, have talked about authenticity, right? This ability. And I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about, you know, for you what that word means, because I'd like our listeners to hear from somebody like yourself who has been in business for 25 years and has been working on, and as, as I'm sure, continue to work on being a better leader you know, what is authenticity? You know, what does that mean to you? What does it look like? Uh, authenticity is being very comfortable with who you are. It's being very honest and transparent. I see a lot of leaders that that really uh, keep their cards close to their vest. They don't let their people understand things that are happening or the reasons for decisions. Um, I, I would tell my people all the time, listen, you may not like every decision I make. I, I don't expect that. 
but I'll explain it to you. You'll understand why I made it. You may disagree with it and that's okay, but at least I'm, I'm going to then ask for your support, even if you don't agree, because we're all part of the same organization. And that's, that's a good way to lead. I, I see leaders that are trying so hard to spin a story or uh, they have this hidden agenda and, and uh, people are smart. They pick up on that. And once they lose that trust, it's really hard to gain it back, especially when you're asking people to do some tough things and, and go into uncharted territories or step outside their comfort zone. They need to know that their leader is true, authentic, real, has their interests at heart and not their own interests as a priority. Well, I love the model that you mentioned, which I think is very important for authenticity, which is to really know and understand the difference between understanding and agreement. And I think a lot of people try to get people to agree. And, you know, sometimes you're just not ever going to agree. So my mission should really be to ensure you understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I may never get you to agree. You may still always hate the idea, but at least you can understand what it is I did and why I did it. Absolutely. And I think when you have a culture and you build that culture where it's very transparent, I used to tell leaders, don't make a decision that you would not want published on the front page of the Wall Street Journal or another paper. Uh, Because I find leaders that oftentimes are not that transparent and open about their decisions. It's for a reason, because they're trying to cut side deals or they're going against their public, their their uh, stated principles and their stated expectations. You know, it's one thing to say something. It's kind of like the do what I say, not what I do. Um, that's just a leader that's not going to be in that role or, or if they are in that role for a long time, it's not going to be a very successful experience. Um, you have to be true to what you say, follow up on what you say you're going to do tell people the real scoop, shoot straight, Um, especially in turbulent times. They need that. They don't need to find it out on their own that it was a different story than reality that came from you was different than the reality. Because again, once that trust is lost, it's very difficult to bring it back. Well, we could uh, host a series of podcasts just on the word trust and the impact that trust has. I think it's Warren Buffett who said that Trust takes a lifetime to build and a moment to lose. And I believe that to be the case. You know, once you don't trust somebody for whatever reason, uh, you're always looking with the, at them with a different set of eyes than you did before. And sometimes that can be problematic. So you've been in the workplace a while. And I'd love to hear from you, John, you know, what some words or phrases are that you might use to describe bravery at work? I think for one, it's being candid and open. I think many people in the workplace don't say what they feel. They say what they think their leader or other people want to hear. Um, That's not a a very valuable person in an organization, in my opinion. Uh, So they're very open and candid. Uh, They are uh, risk takers. Uh, They're willing to go against the grain. Um, They're willing to take on something and not just point out a problem, but present a solution and be willing to lead that solution, uh, not just sit on the sidelines and point out all the problems and the bad plays and the bad coaching, but actually be part of the solution. That to me is bravery in the workplace. Well, I love that uh, you know kind of mental picture around people who say what they think versus people who say what others think they should say, because I believe that is one of the core disciplines around bravery in the workplace. So many people, all of us, have not been 
trained and educated on how to navigate conflict and manage these types of relationships at work. And because we haven't been trained or don't have the practice or skill, we avoid it. And one way to avoid it is just to agree with everyone else versus saying, hey, I know we're going down path A and it seems like everybody wants to go down path A, but I have another alternative that I'd love to share. I mean, that doesn't happen enough. And everyone kind of signs up and Then, as we also talk about on this podcast, they go to the water cooler, and that's where they really say, honestly, what they think, and they hate the idea, and so forth and so on. Or even worse, when the idea fails, they say, you know, I didn't think it was a good idea to begin with. I I knew it was going to fail to begin with. Yeah, I knew it all along. felt that, then why didn't you say something? So you're you're as guilty as any, if not more so, because you felt something, you didn't even voice it. (laughs) Right. So you've shared some key words so far, John, authenticity, you know transparency, candor, any other words or phrases that you might think of when you think of bravery at work? I think really stepping outside your comfort zone, challenging yourself. I think one of the biggest dangers in in life, let alone career, is comfort. When you are comfortable for too long, I remember being in a role and things were going great. Uh, that, uh, that office that I was running, I was telling you, I got it up to number one in the country and it was, it was, it was really became almost like on an autopilot almost. It was like, okay, I had all the systems. I had the people. I knew what I was doing every single day. There was nothing in my week, nothing in my day that made me uncomfortable. And that's when I realized, okay, I have to take the next challenge, the next step up. Um, otherwise, I'm, I'm not going to be growing. And ultimately, if you're not growing, you're dying. So I think that's a big piece, step pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. So you must have had, and I'm not looking to take your story away from later, but you must have had, you know, endless numbers of opportunity around bravery at work as you helped move an entity from number 100, I think you said out of 100, Mm -hmm. to number one, right? And uh, different things that you had to do, different statements or missions that you had to put in place, different models that you had to use, right? These are all transitional experiences that people have that you were required to try to do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I remember vividly, and every time I took over an organization, it was a turnaround job. So when I came, it was not congratulations. Yeah, it was a uh, it w- it was not in a pretty place. So when I came there, yeah, I remember all my first day speeches, which uh, were very different. I mean, they're tough to hear and tough to deliver sometimes to an audience that is not used to having success. To talk to them about what does success look like, what will it take. Uh, what will it not look like and what will not be tolerated? And, and this is where we're going. And this is, you know, if you want on, here's what, what needs to happen. There's a big risk in that. I mean, I remember, I remember a couple of days after my first day speech, I remember saying to one of my managers uh, on my team, I said, where is the guy that was sitting in the front that was, you know, wearing the white shirt and had the beard and, and they're like, you know what? I don't know. I, he left after your speech and never came back. I'm like, I, well, I guess, guess he's not jumping on the bus. Um, but that's okay. You got to be willing to do that. And you got to get the right people on the bus and the wrong people off the bus. Well, different missions and different objectives require different skill sets and different type of people. It doesn't mean everybody's in. Some people like it the way it was and don't want it to change. And when someone arrives who has a different view and different vision, you know, they're not in. And I would have. I think upon reflection, that person saved you a lot of trouble by self-exiting versus sticking in and making it miserable for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. He made it made it better on himself and, and me. 
Well, many of our listeners, John, love to hear stories from our guests on opportunities for bravery that they have had. And past guests have shared either a story where they demonstrated bravery as one of their behaviors or feelings that they had or didn't demonstrate bravery and kind of look back on that situation with reflect uh, with regret as they reflect on it. You know, we'd love to hear a story that you might have. Yeah, I, I, I would say that uh, easily it's the most recent decision I made, and that was uh, leaving in February of this year a great pain, very secure job and uh, a lot of success that I was having and running the organization I was running and doing my own thing, launching my own business, uh, going from a nice steady secure paycheck to nothing um, and and having some speaking gigs lined up, which ultimately very quickly. So I had resigned actually on February 21st, only two or three weeks before lockdown, this pandemic came. Mm. So that to me was, was very brave to do that. I look back, it was the best decision I have ever made uh, in my career by far and probably in my life because I am so happy doing exactly what I want to do, having more success than I had even before in a very quick time. And sometimes I find that people, I never want to be at a point where I'm 65 or 70 looking back and having regrets in life or 80 or 90, whatever. And there are so many people, unfortunately, that are in that situation or will be in that situation because they've had goals and dreams and they spend so much time preparing and never actually launch into action mode or they never take the step. And uh, you never know what's out there for you unless you take that leap. And your perspective, sometimes I, the way I look at it, it's you, it's like standing on, a, on, a, um, on the shoreline and you're looking out at the water or lake or a big vast expanse of water and, and you've got your perspective of just looking out in that lake. But when you get in and you actually start paddling or whatnot, your perspective changes and you start to see things you didn't see before. You see different parts and inlets and all parts of this lake that you had no idea were there. Well, that's the same thing with life. Sometimes we're sitting on the sidelines or the shoreline. We only see certain things and wow, yeah, that water does look deep and dark and cold and I don't see land on the other side and you don't see the possibilities until you launch out there a little bit. So I, I think that's a good analogy for a lot of what holds us back in life we or business, we just see what's right immediately in front of us versus what we will see once we take that first step. So I'm curious, today this feels like the best decision you ever made. Did it feel that way back in February when you first made it? Nope, absolutely not. I was, uh, I was in a little bit of a panic because all of my, I had a TED Talk book, I had all kinds of speaking engagements, they all very quickly evaporated. So I was in a little bit of an, oh, wow, what the, <laughs> what did I do? And I remember some very painful days sitting there saying, really, really, really exasperated saying, what did I do? I left this great job in the middle of this pandemic. I mean, what is this going to mean? Um, and I am grateful that I stuck with it and kept charging ahead and believed in what I was doing uh, because it has worked out absolutely phenomenally well. And uh, I, I, I hate, like everybody else said, this pandemic has happened, but I think it's forced a lot of people out of their comfort zone, whether they want to be or not. Everybody, businesses, individuals with, with their careers, 
the way we work, with the way our families work, with the way our relationships work, our finances, our health, everything has been pushed out of whack. So it has forced us to do some things differently. And I know, for example, there are many businesses that are thriving because they have now done the virtual uh, format of their business. It's a whole new avenue they never would have done before and they figured it out. And now they're thriving because they were forced out of their comfort zone. And I think there's a lot of people that will look back on this like me and say it was a very dark time that brought a tremendous amount of light and opportunity and new paths in their world. Well, one of the things I love about your story is that bravery when it happens is oftentimes messy. It doesn't feel comfortable to your premise. It's we're stepping outside our box. And so we're not there that often. So tension is high. Emotions are high. Uh, If we haven't practiced at all, we're nervous about what it is that we're doing. And yet, along with your example of a person looking out into the ocean, you know, we need to see past what's right there, right? And know that, well, there has to be land somewhere. It can't just all be ocean. So if we can get past the choppy waters and, uh, you know, all the issues that are there in the short term, long term, and I've heard this time and time again, long term, people look back at something that was very difficult to do in the moment and say, it was the best decision I ever made. Absolutely. You know, and every time you launch out, it never... When you take that step, it never feels the way you might have hoped it to or thought it would. It's always going to be clunky and awkward. It's like riding a unicycle, playing a trombone in one hand and doing a yo-yo in another hand, and you're trying to weave in and out of trap. I mean, it's just it's awkward. It's so weird. You're trying to figure this whole thing out, um, but you've got to trust the fact that the path is there, it's in front of you, it may change and curve and whatnot, but you just have to keep moving forward. And you may get off the path a little bit and then you get back on the path, but you just have to keep moving forward. If you stop or you go in reverse, then you're ultimately gonna deprive yourself and the people around you of all the great things that are there for you and there for other people. I think about how I'm now able to impact lives and organizations in a way I never would have been able to do before. And so it wasn't just me, but it would have been those other organizations and those people that I'm able to impact now and over the next 20 years plus that I wouldn't have been able to. So that's how I look at it. Well, as a leader of mine used to say at a company I worked at previously, progress is better than perfection. So as long as you're moving forward, it's never going to be always pretty, but you are moving forward. So John, thank you so much for spending time with us today to talk about bravery in the workplace. And if folks would like to reach out to you to hear more about your business or your story, how can they get in contact with you? You got it. They can check out my website, which is Lorito Group, L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. They can inquire. I do personal uh, coaching, so executive coaching for leaders. I do consulting work and obviously speaking. And uh, if they want to check out my podcast, that's Tomorrow's Leader and they can check that out. They'll see that on my website. They can also go to their normal podcast formats. And I have a book coming out also called Tomorrow's Leader. In the next uh, three months, it should be out in February. And uh, very excited about that, hitting bookstores and online and all kinds of resource uh, ways that you can get it. So if they like that, they can just uh, contact me through the website. I'll make sure if I'm on the uh, list for it. Well, I, thank you. And I would love, if you're open to it, to have you back at some point to talk a little bit more about the podcast and about your book. Because when I think about 
Kamara's leader, while I don't know specifically what your the focus of your book is, you know, I do have to believe that bravery and the need to be braver than we are today certainly plays a role in being a great leader. Absolutely, it does, Ed. And I'd love to come back some point. That'd be great. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, John. It was great speaking with you. Oh, my pleasure, Ed. Likewise. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Apple, Google, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.